This is Steve Downs, the voice of Master Chief Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Quality Time. I'm Skylar Sokol. And I'm Anthony Nicolosi. And this week, um, we're going to be talking about one of our good old favorite Jesse Shell game design lenses. <laughs> this week is the lens of expression. Um, and expression is, um, I think a huge topic in modern games, mostly multiplayer games. Jesse Shell says, Self-expression is very important in any multiplayer game, and while it is certainly true that players can express themselves through their gameplay strategies and styles of play, why stop there? You are, after all, creating a fantasy world where players can be whatever they would like to. Why not let them express that? Rich, expressive avatar creation systems are much beloved by players of online games. So are systems of conversation that allow players to convey emotion or choose colors and styles for their text to display. The purchase of, quote, vanity items in online games is a key part of monetization for games ranging from League of Legends to Color Switch. Player expression is not limited to online games, and he goes on to talk about some board games where it's there as well. One of which being Monopoly, where you can like pick your player piece, maybe like the most reductionist form of player expression, but still expression nonetheless, right? Yep. So there's been like an interesting wave of this, right? I feel like initially games this like mostly appeared in first single player games, the biggest expression stuff was in the single player games where it like the RPG where you could get all the different equipment and make your character look a specific way, how you want them to look or whatever, and you get better items and you look cooler and whatever. And then we got this like wave of cosmetic multiplayer items. I think probably wow being one of the earlier games to do that um, really brought this like player cosmetic look sort of idea to the game. Um, and granted, WoW's cosmetic items aren't all just solely cosmetic, but even still, like, you basically display your status via your cosmetic items, whether that be how much money you've spent on the game or how much of the game you've played, depending on the game. Um, what kind of games have you, have you played that you've enjoyed the, the expression in? Like, does Halo have that kind of expression? Yeah. So I actually was going to say the, um, specifically halo 3 and halo reach i think did an outstanding job of expression for the following reason i think a big part of expression kind of like what jesse's talking about and kind of to some extent like some of the games that you were kind of alluding to so so the types of games um they definitely give the player like a feeling of autonomy uh like of 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 expression right like of being able to express their intent but in halo on top of like in halo 3 there were certain armor sets, et cetera, that you could only get for accomplishing certain things, certain achievements, right? And I think that outside of, you know, extending the form of expression, it when reward systems get tied in with expression, I think it's ex- especially satisfying, uh, at least for me personally, um, because it's uh, it, it modifies the behavior of like players, like players get motivated, they... W- to wear that because it, it brings on outside of just expression, it brings on status, you know, kind of uh, uh, similar to like what you see people doing, like wearing certain brands or whatever. Like they're they're going for a certain expression. If you wore the recon helmet in Halo Three, that means you got shouted out by Bungie on the 
the community uh, update, if you will. And uh, you were like hot shit, right? Like that. That's uh-huh. so. Um, I loved what Halo Three and Halo Reach did in that regard. Halo Reach, for example, you were you were talking about how we've seen that the the kind of cosmetic expression sort of begin to explode into the multiplayer scene in recent years, and I feel like a lot of that is um, also motivated by you know studios finding new ways to um, monetize things, right? Uh, and maybe that's something we'll talk about. But in Halo Reach, there was extensive customization like that you'll see in in modern day games, but there was no monetary attachment to it. It was all just it was the, a player could only gain like currency to buy these things by playing or by achieving things. And um, I think something was lost in the newer implementations, for example, of Halo. And I think you're just seeing general games where some of these really cool things are you just you need to pay to get them right um so anyway yes halo's got that i think another game that i right now just love the ex- the the customization and uh expression items of is rocket league <laughs> like yeah. it's just uh the people at psionics are wizards I, d- I can't believe they figured out that many iterations on cool things like cool there's yeah they there's, make a lot of cool wheels, stuff and yeah. a lot of new creative stuff comes out all the time yeah um so anyway um, those they, are some uh, of the top ones. especially rocket league is one of the games that um uses a formula that a lot of games have adopted now for cosmetic expression which is the battle pass system right right where people buy the battle pass you get a bunch of cosmetic items and then you can choose what you want fortnite being like basically the inventor of the battle pass in a way right um so one game that i think i will bring up here that i'm, I'm now thinking may have been the start of pure cosmetic items is Team Fortress 2 um, coming out in 2007, um, also known as Hat Fortress 2, um, <laughs> because it literally, like, the one of the main focuses of the game was the cosmetic items. And they could be sold and bought on the Steam Marketplace, so there were items that were selling for real money in Team Fortress 2, um, upwards of hundreds of dollars. And, you know, Counter-Strike has done this too. There are Counter-Strike knives that sell for one to $2,000 a piece. Um, just because they have like loot boxes and they're super rare. Yep. So, like that kind of expression is crazy, right? To spend real money on like an in-game item like that, like thousand dollars, is crazy. But it definitely happens. And Team Fortress Two, like I think, started that because they have they had really rare items that you could that were that like actually had this like rarity to them that made them very hard to obtain. So that it made players want them, you know. You want what you can't have, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. The it, this make this reminds me of. Do you know the the white cowboy hat thing in Rocket League, where there's like only ten of them? If 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 you're listening and you're a Rocket League player and you don't know this, like Floomp, the YouTuber Floomp just made a video about it. It's very super interesting. But there's a very small amount of this, like I th- I like white, not cowboy hat, white um the like mafia top hat. Whatever, if you know what I'm why talking about. Why is there a small number? I don't, I don't, I don't remember the story of why there was a small number. It was like somebody oh, might have like the bought white up hat the initial... is a topper rarely given by the developers to a player who discovers and comes forward with a severe Rocket League exploit. <laughs> yeah, I may, I, I don't remember the story behind it, but there was a very limited amount, and there was a, uh, it was kind of like a infamous story behind some guy who essentially like bought all of them and then gave it away to certain. There's like a whole, um, like 
I I, I want to like he got in fi- legal financial trouble for what he he did. But uh, anyway, you you were alluding to rare like things being rare and like why I I, I think this is an interesting part of this. Like what like I was saying in Halo 3, I think the reason why some of these things being it's like these expensive things and why people want to spend money on it uh, comes down to like status, right? Like how you're perceived by others. You might really love how something looks uh, like, you know, me buying the white Dominus <laughs> is crazy to some people like for t- spend 10 bucks to get the white Dominus, you know, uh, that one's just purely aesthetic. I thought it looked cool, but there are some things where you can, if you get if you have that armor like Halo Five recently uh, in in the last iteration of Halo, there was the Achilles armor that you could only have if you won like you got insane like commendations. And for a long time, if you had the Achilles armor, that was like that was something. And uh, if Halo Five had the opportunity to buy things like with this economy, like you're alluding to, I guarantee you people would have shelled out big bucks for it because if you saw somebody with Achilles, it was like holy you know shit, man. Like right. So, so, like, how much would you pay for an Achilles armor if you could? Oh, I I personally would have only probably spent $10 max, but I, okay. I'm sure people would have spent at least hundreds for, for one back uh-huh. in the day. Yeah, that's really interesting. And it's very interesting that it's, like, these games do things very... Some games do things very differently, right? Some games you can only get cosmetic items by playing the game or getting them in the battle pass. And some games you can literally just straight up buy them with real money. Valorant being a game where you like just spend real money on these skins and currently there's no way to get them but real money. Um, and like, it's just crazy because it's so tempting to want this cool looking stuff. If the, if it's cool enough, why not? It's sort of like buying a piece of art and hanging it in your house almost. Right. Like, why do people do that? Because they like looking at it and it makes them feel good to like have it, right? It's almost the exact same concept. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I spend, I buy, I bought the re- most recent, you know, Rocket League Battle Pass game, Rocket Pass, whatever. Um, uh-huh. I, I'll buy stuff, um, if I think it's cool aesthetically. I personally don't, wouldn't shell out more than probably like 10 ish bucks a thing. Like, there's something in the, ro- some things in the Rocket League sport, uh, like blueprint store or whatever that are amount to like 20 ish bucks. Like, I, those, uh-huh. that's too much for me personally, but, um, I don't know. Like, there's a there's a talented artist in that studio who made this really sick ass like thing, you know. And uh, it's kind of like you said. I feel like I'm sort of just paying an artist. I I don't know. I I personally think that's I'm fine with studios. Um, I'm fine with studios offering, you know, the customization options, uh, aesthetic uh, things through fi- you, you, that you have to buy. Um, I just think it's lame when the coolest stuff, uh, is like exclusively behind a paywall, you know? Um, I, I, I would, I, it's, I don't know. Some of the games I play, it's sad, like that the coolest, like you can't still get that Halo 3 recon armor in a sense. Like the Achilles armor in Halo 5 was a good example of something that did still stick around. Halo 5 had a, was entirely like microtransaction based. Like Uh you could get all the armors just by like RNG drops in the loot boxes equivalent of Halo 5. Yeah, it was horrible. Um, But like the Achilles armor was like one of the few exceptions to that. There was a couple of others Uh where like if you were a forge, somebody who like made maps for Halo 5 and it got into matchmaking, you got a custom armor. So 
There was this a, is like similar to gold titles in Rocket League, like Grand Champ titles and like winning RLCS titles and stuff. Like yeah. the glowing titles you only get by playing. You can't pay for them. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's cool. And I like I like a healthy mix of those things for sure. I think that's that makes for a really healthy game environment. I agree. Um so speaking of like artists developing stuff, um I have a I I, I want to talk about Dota 2 a little bit. So one thing so Dota 2 has released a lot of cosmetics over the time. Um remember Dota 2 is an 100% free game. Um and so the only like money you really spend on the game is cosmetics and like this battle pass thing that comes out around the international um one thing they did that was cool is they people could make since it's va- uh since it's a steam game since it's on source you can like use the steam uh source tools to build cosmetics for dota models and then valve released like packs of community built models and like uh, character cosmetics and i believe the people in those packs got kickbacks from the sales as well oh, sick. and they were just straight up community members that's really cool yeah and i feel like more games could do that too because that's super sick and like if you can like yeah basically crowdsource art but actually pay the people who you're getting the art from like that's so sick um, yeah yeah so here's a story about dota 2 and i'm curious what you think about it um so i went to the international i've been to the international two or three times and the very first time i went i bought some merch and um that merch came was physical items that also came with the in-game items and one of the in-game items and the in-game items were very special like they had a quality to them called the crimson blood that you could only get at the international you couldn't get that any other way only at that specific international um and i happened to get one of the rarer items and it's just like a staff for a hero in dota and I sold it on the Steam Marketplace for four hundred dollars. No, <laughs> that's that's crazy. But it's, it's crazy. You know, if Halo was as big as Dota in the esports scene, right? And there was like that a, a really like from a magnitude perspective equivalent for Halo as the international, and there was an item that you could only get from being there. I would shell out big money more than the ten bucks I was saying. I don't know. Would you? Okay, I was curious. Yeah, yeah. I don't know four hundred, but like if you told me that there was like some custom, like you were saying that crimson blood, like if there was some cool like effect that would be yeah, on. Yeah, this your item gun. looked sick. This wasn't like a fucking trivial thing. It looked really cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't like. The international is huge. To get something like that, I'm sure would be like sick as fuck. Like if you saw somebody in game with it, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I think so. So, but that was just an interesting personal experience I had with that for sure. Yeah, four hundred is a lot. Is a lot. But yeah. if you also think about it, that guy who shelled it out, I bet you, like, how many hours did you say you've put into Dota so far? Maybe a couple thousand, more than a couple yeah, thousand, yeah. right? Like fifteen hundred to two thousand, probably. Yeah. So, you oh, well, know, in Dota two, but more into other mobas and Dota one and stuff. I don't know. Like, sometimes I look at things when I when I purchase things in games. I look at it from a like if I if I buy the ten dollar Rocket League pass. Um, if I play Rocket League a lot, so like I could make use of that art in a sense. It's like if I buy a super nice piece of art and I hang it in the bathroom in the basement that I never use. Right. It seems stupid, like to me. But if it's right? like in your so, face every time you come up the stairs or something, then it's like hell exactly. Yeah. If I if I see it every day as I come up the stairs, it feels much more worth it. It's like I I so the same thing for Rocket League or whatever game. So like in that Dota case, that dude plays all the time. Maybe I don't know. It feels maybe it's worth it. I'm not sure. Uh, the 
so anyway, yeah, that's that's crazy. 400. Woo. Yeah. Okay. So I have another anecdote too. Uh, I'm curious what you think about this. So Valorant got me. They, they fucking wrote me in. So that game's free, right? Because of the beta. But it has some cosmetics right. you can buy that are pretty sick. I really like the designs. Um, but I would not normally pay for them. They're expensive as fuck. To get like the set of like purple w- guns that is like sick is like 50 bucks for all of the cosmetics. Now, here's the reason I bought it. Because any money you spend during the Valorant beta is refunded to you as in-game money at the end of the beta plus 20% of what you spent. Yeah. I feel like that would that would wreck you as well. If a Halo game did that, you would be like putting a thousand dollars in. Yeah, yeah, it should, dude. It's uh, like free money. I mean, I effectively <laughs> do, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get refunded what you put in plus twenty percent in game money. You don't like actually, you know, the money is in you. So basically, if I spend like if I get fifty dollars of in game credits in the beta and spend it on whatever, it doesn't matter. The end of the beta, I get fifty back plus twenty percent. Damn. It's sick, cool. right? Like, why would I not just spend money then? Like, and then I'll just have yeah, it yeah, yeah. for when they release cool shit. Well, this is triple smart because um this pl- this this could touch on a person's sunken cost fallacy a little bit too, right? Like, if you've spent fifty bucks in the beta, I mean you're you're enjoying the game, so like the game was good enough to want you to, you know, do this. Yeah, yeah. But um you spent money, then uh, you there's no way. I mean, there is a way, but like relatively speaking, that you're now not gonna check the game out when. Oh, it releases, for sure, I'm committed right? on release now to at least play a little bit. Otherwise, I wasted a lot of money. Right. Exactly. So um, there's a lot of inte- uh, I was I said intelligent. Uh, I think clever is a better word. Clever things that Riot's done. Uh, with Valorant, this is. I think that's another one. Yeah, no. Um, when I found out about that, I was like, Hell incentivize. Yeah. <laughs> well, remember we were having the conversation about like what in the previous or the in, in two podcasts ago of like how will hype die for Valorant and stuff. But this is a great way to, in a sense, incentivize people to come back and ensure that they come back. Uh, you know, yeah, and and give it another shot when it releases. Yeah, and like the gun skins are sick in Valorant, especially because like if someone if you someone dies you, you can pick up their gun that's like you know the six skin and if you don't die you can keep that for like the whole game <laughs> that's that's very interesting i like halo 5 had this too there were skins and you could pick them up right and like you just be using their right. gun until you die um th- I, I think I, again super clever yeah. um you know one question i had in regards to expression one thing like third person uh, right now, I'm, th- I'm going to I'm going to focus on a th- the third person shooters versus a first person shooter, just specifically okay. to narrow it down. But do you feel that third person shooters um, have a significant advantage in the expression opportunities and uh, subsequently monetization opportunities through expression than a first person shooter? I, I mean, to su- the obvious answer is yes, because third person shooters can change your model as well as your gun. I mean, you could change your model technically in first-person shooters as well, but you're not going to be the one that gets to see it. And I feel like that's a lot less motivating for players to want to p- spend money on that if they can't see it, right? Like, you're not, like we said, you're not buying it necessarily just for other people to see it, quote-unquote, status. You're buying it like a piece of art, like something you want to be able to look at. So actually, I think you could argue that although third-person shooters have the model advantage, like they can mess with the player model and stuff, first-person shooters, you get a way closer view of the gun 
So you could do gun skins that are way more detailed and interesting and unique in first-person shooters that you can't really do in third-person shooters, which is, I think, the testament to why Counter-Strike items are worth so much fucking money. Because yeah. they're you're so zoomed well, in, you, so you see them and they're super rare, and like you you get you like you can see the nooks and crannies of the design because it's like right in your face. Well, and not only that, uh, it, it's great you said CS:GO because a Valorant I think does this too. You have you can like look at your yes, gun. there is a hotkey I mean? to look at your item. That is correct. So like hold your I, gun. Up I am shocked, like with the monetization opportunities, like some some. Uh, like I was thinking this, especially when we played Destiny. I can't believe that they hog all of the D-pad buttons for emotes. Like, leave one to look at the f- gun, man. Like, I mean, emotes are a big one uh, too, though, right? At least, especially in third-person games like Fortnite. Like, the emote gives you the opportunity to look further at your model. So that's another way to like no, get the yeah. cosmetic. Emotes are cool. Like, in this regard, I know people like it. Um, and for those games that it works, like Destiny's got some great emotes too. I, I know Fortnite's the the, the famous the one, but game. like, uh, there, lots of I think a lot of games have cool emotes. Destiny's got some where like you're you sit down at a virtual table and you like throw it and all. All of the cards fly what? off and stuff <laughs> like it, it there's some good ones where you go fishing but um it just seems like th- what a missed I, i'm surprised that the shooters i play don't do that more like halo's got it where like if you sit around for a while the idle animation the spartan will kind of look at right. stuff and and destiny does too but well, i just feel like especially like I think the Bungie artist did a great job they made so much like sick looking guns like you pulled some shit right out of like a pyramid from ancient Egypt and you can't look at it (laughs) although although I will say Destiny's pause menu I think really goes after um, enhancing that like you, you when you're similar to other RPGs, right? Like as you're looking, going through the armor and choosing like what armor you want for different parts, shoulder, arm, right. or whatever. Uh, it, you really do do a good job of like showing can off. You like go in and like um, rotate it around and look at it and all that. You yeah, can yeah. rotate around and then like it'll zoom into that section when Sick. you're there. Um, and the other thing, since now we're on the Destiny, I thought they that was clever in regards to expression that they did. So Destiny between worlds, I don't know if this was an implementation detail or how intentional it was from an expression perspective, but to travel between worlds, you have to do this, quite frankly, eventually gets very annoying thing of like jumping in your spaceship oh, and it before, loads yeah. and then you... And um, there's a pretty extensive customization on your ship. So you're chilling there and your friends, whoever's in the lobby with you are kind of, you know, do ha- going through this like flying through space thing. And you can see everyone's ships like, oh, shit, blah, blah, blah. You, you know, or what in Destiny 2, you had the shaders, I think in Destiny 1, too, but I played Destiny 2. So like in Destiny 2, you can throw these shaders that customize whatever the textures and colors and reflection and stuff. So um, that was smart, yeah. I think, taking a taking the opportunity capitalizing on that dead space to at least give, give some, some more expression a little yeah. yeah okay so i don't think we can end this podcast without one final topic which is i think like the game of expression uh in the in the current current day current year animal crossing new new leaf <laughs> right like that game yeah. I know um, your wife has been playing it. Um, my girlfriend has been playing it as well. Like we've like that game is literally the quintessential game of expression, right? You're like there's so much customization in that game. You build your house, you customize your island, you can terraform your island, you buy clothes, you can go to other people's islands just to see it. Um, 
my girlfriend watches YouTube videos of like just this dude going to people's islands and touring their islands and just like talking about what he sees on their islands. <laughs> the, you know, I, yeah, uh, it, I watch Brittany, you know, my wife play it. Um, and I, I, you know, for me personally, uh, this is a uh, um the closest i can get is something like that is like in minecraft i don't know if i could go as ham as like my my wife goes on like customizing everything yeah, but crazy. she loves it like you yeah. said and so many like, people have loved it yeah um it, no it, it i don't know what to tell you like it, it's uh it's fantastic that people so a lot of people love it a lot of people love looking at what others have done like um my wife loves following what Marcia, you know, PewDiePie's right. wife does. And she's like, how does Marcia do all this stuff? Like, it's so cool. Blah, blah, blah. Well, that's the other um, super cool thing in the game is not only can you go to people's islands, but you can just make custom designs, which are basically like pixel art that turn into clothes or other things and just share them online. And other people can use your code to download your like custom designs. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's super cool. I mean, we, we probably should do an animal crossings breakdown at some point, uh, because it's 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 got a lot in the, in this regard and expression um i don't know yeah and, and especially for I, a I game with were... such like i like you cannot say that the gameplay in that game is that compelling like there are some right. things that are va- like interesting design mechanics for the gameplay but it is not like super deep like rewarding gameplay yeah it's uh the the other kind of interesting part about like you can like you can share it with you, you like you're saying go to other people's um worlds or villages whatever it is um and check those things out and you can share that and all that stuff and you see a lot of people doing that but um my wife played probably the first hundred ish hours without going anywhere like it was just an exercise in her doing stuff at her yeah island, and I think most know? people do that right they're just on their island doing their shit. Unless you have like close friends yeah. who play and you just want to hang out with them, which is cool that you can, um, like, but but yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's crazy, like, it, and that's what it is, right? Your island becomes this like art piece for you to like literally like explore and walk around in and see yourself in. Right. Yeah. the The reason I'm I'm like like pointing that out is because, especially in in that kind of scenario where you're just um, doing things on your own island, there's not much of like status going no, on there right like, like vying for status enjoyment yeah it seems to be this uh the, you know it, it, it it's it's cool you have like this you have control over this like si- really simplified version of things right it's I th- it's very relaxing yeah. and you can you can exert your own touch on things uh to a way that in a way that i'm sure a lot of us like wish we could in real life right. you know yeah. <laughs> um and this sort of gives you the the way of doing that in a simplified like in in a really charming environment yeah, interest-free loans um, come on man i want those in real life <laughs> tom nook that jacksepticeye like uh series i don't know if you've seen it but or he he he's pretty convinced tom nook is like the devil and like this is all like <laughs> that's such bullshit tom nook is like the least predatory lender who's ever exists he is like like if the fucking lending system in animal crossing existed in real life people would be so happy and anyone who doesn't recognize that has not paid enough attention to the lending he does yeah no he he jokes around but like uh it is funny i think it's it's got i'm serious so we should listeners can tell us if they want an animal crossings podcast because like it's got some really interesting mechanics like the whole turnips thing and uh 
the some of the timing uh, yep. related scenarios, like where things only happen during certain times and blah blah blah, like certain months of it's the got year. some really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yep. really cool novel novel dare say in some cases uh mechanics agreed on. yeah um, we'll definitely have to talk more about it sometime but anyway yes animal crossing is very cool expression yep okay. anyway where can people find us you can find us uh, at our website koalaentertainment.com there you can find links to all our social media uh first and foremost our discord come to hang out in our discord let us know what you think of this uh, episode we do giveaways in the discord now and uh by partic to be able to win those giveaways we're honestly realistically you have a really solid chance compared to our instagram giveaways sure. or anybody's giveaways um you um you have to participate in our idol game that essentially introduces the first peek into the universe of our upcoming game that we are currently developing you know for PC and Xbox right now um so if you want to if you want to get a sneak peek of that but also as time goes on you'll you know be really involved in the forming of that stuff yeah the forming um, and there's a community going there we'll talk to you play games with you whatever you want yeah come join up Yep, Discord is the main place. If not, find us on Twitter, Instagram, at koala underscore ENT. And uh, like I said, website shows you all the place, including merch. If you'd like to support the studio, we'd super appreciate it. Let us know also what you what you want to see out of the merch, what items. Uh, we'll have more stuff rotating in uh, soon. So, yep. Yep. YouTube. Ooh, new YouTube content. Uh, up, new YouTube exclusive content coming too. Yeah. Uh, some breakdowns. If you like quality time, you'll like some of the stuff coming on the YouTube. It's very similar um, in regards to our sort of breakdown on things in the game world, game universe. Uh, so yeah, if you like quality time, check out our YouTube channel. Much more coming. Twitch as well. You can uh, come watch us stream future. games sometimes. Twitch.tv slash koqual underscore ent. Yeah, if you too. hear all of these games Skyler plays, and you're like, holy crap, he plays all these kinds of games. Well, you can actually see it for yourself. You can see him play yeah. all these Right now I'm playing through Nier yourself. Automata. I might stream that soon. Also Fez. Some other random games. Come check it out. Yep. Yep. All right. Sweet. Thanks for yep. listening. Yep. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Maybe for a part two if you guys want to. What you guys think of expression. Let us know what you yeah. think. Let us know uh, where your favorite games in this regard. What your favorite cosmetic items you've ever had are. That I would be interested Ooh, in. Oh, yeah. Let us know that one. I definitely want to know yeah. that one. We should make yeah. an Instagram post about that. We, I think we shall. All right. <laughs> Spoiler alert to anyone who Very listens good, to guys. the podcast. See you later. <laughs> See Bye. ya.